Can you paint with all the colors of a Now there's the magic. Hey everybody and welcome to episode one of Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust for the culture. Today we had the chance to talk to two amazing guests representing some of the most notable films of the Disney franchise, Miss Seneca Russell and Miss Carrie Long, with Pocahontas and Aladdin respectively. Intertwining the Disney teeth come of our childhood, and yes I'll argue let it shine over Lemonade Mouth, this is sure to be a conversation. So let's get real. The Disney brand is very bippity bobbity boo and magical, but the reality of the situation is that it's this magic that gives them quite a terrain of sorcery influence. In light, today we'll be analyzing how Disney has represented Arabians, Natives, and Black Americans within their films, the representation of class structures, and ultimately, the way this representation has developed with the modernization of time. With that, let's dive right in. I know in the context of American education, for example, Florida, we have a current push to almost erase the stories of minorities. Granted, this isn't a majority push, but it reflects a past history of idolizing American pride, white pride, at the expense of marginalized groups. And thinking about this blend of past racism into today's time, it makes me think about the ways Disney promoted specific cultures in their film. So how would you say they did this in this realm? Let's talk about a topic that Disney has always handled super gracefully, cultural representation. Yeah, Disney has always been super politically correct and respectful when representing indigenous cultures. Just look at how accurately Disney depicts Native Americans in Peter Pan. Really? No. We could talk for hours about the numerous stereotypes and just blatant racism in the movie, such as drawing them with red skin and offensive exaggerations of stereotypically indigenous features, caricatures of stereotypical voices, the idea of a white savior, the Indian princess trope, and misrepresentations of the culture as a whole. We see this really clearly in the song, What Makes the Red Man Red. Aladdin also didn't handle culture and stereotypes very well, but to be fair to Disney, Aladdin wasn't very easy to translate to the big screen. Not much is known about the tale aside from its, its Middle Eastern origins, so when creating Aladdin, Disney had to do a lot of reconstruction. Really? Did they base Aladdin on real places? In her 2018 article, The Tale of Aladdin in Georgian Oral Tradition, Aline Gio Gavashili, um, an assistant humanities professor at uh, Ivan State University, points out that Disney based Aladdin on Arabia, Yemen, Baghdad, and Iraq, and Afghanistan. Unfortunately, none of the directors or scriptwriters came from the cultures they were representing. Even Aladdin and Jasmine were played by white actors. That's a major problem because so much of a film's authenticity comes from the creators actually knowing what they're depicting. Like for my film, in terms of the black perspective, it comes down to what do we know about black people in America? Growing up, did you hear more about black icons or did you hear about slaves? I know I watched The Princess and the Frog and I was ecstatic to see a princess that had at least somewhat of the same cultural background as me because I was used to negative depictions of my culture. I can imagine how people felt with Encanto or Moana or even Aladdin. I wish I got an Encanto or Moana. I know when I watched Pocahontas, this was my first experience seeing indigenous culture represented on screen, and I was certainly confused when I first saw it. My grandma grew up on a reservation, and she always taught me why these depictions were harmful, and she particularly wanted me to stay away from Pocahontas. When I was younger, I was really surprised by this, because I didn't see the traditional 
you know, red-skinned Native Americans beating on a drum and whooping in Pocahontas like I did in Peter Pan. I hate to think about the kids who didn't have a positive role model like your grandmother to counteract these stereotypes and react to Disney's negative messaging. That's true. Young kids are really impressionable. When Disney adds lines to their films like, oh, I come from a land from a faraway place where the caravan camels roam. Where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face. It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. They can come away with ideas that re represent a stereotype more than reality. What was that song lyric? It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. Barbaric. What's up with Disney's tendency to use words like barbaric and savages to describe other cultures? Native Americans are depicted as savages in Pocahontas, particularly in the song of the same name. Though it's intended to show both sides seeing each other as evil, the repeated use of the word savage perpetuates a history of dehumanizing natives, and it's used a shocking 42 times throughout the film. The skins are hellish red. They're only good when dead. They're vermin, as I said, and worse. Bro, 42 times? That's 42 more times than acceptable. That doesn't seem very humanizing. It's not. The film also contributes to the dehumanization of Native Americans by mystifying their culture and showcasing them as almost superhuman. Pocahontas is seen leaping off cliffs, talking to animals and nature, controlling the wind, and even being able to converse with John Smith despite not even speaking the same language. Who are you? Pocahontas. What? What did you say? My name is Pocahontas. This fantastical view of Native American culture just dehumanizes them and perpetuates the idea that they're more fantasy than an entire people. What's worse is how Pocahontas is super sexualized in the film. I mean, looking at her compared to other princesses, she's wearing way less clothing, and her body looks like a conglomeration of all sexualized physical traits. She's sexualized through her appearance and her coded physical interactions with John Smith. And this is done because of the idea that she's some exotic beauty, unlike other princesses at the time. In an article for Indian Country Today, Native American activist Charity Ropati explains that this fetishization is likely a large reason why we see such high rates of sexual violence against Native American women today. I mean, we see the sexualization with Jasmine as well, which is just absolutely disgusting considering they're basically the only non-white princesses of the 90s and also the only uber-sexualized princesses. Right, I mean, what kind of messages are Disney teaching the children? I'll tell you what Disney teaches the children. Analyzing the psychological nature of these films, audiences' responses have shown that Disney families have exclaimed the joy of their child getting to see dolls that look like them, boosting self-esteem, going as far as to say that, at last, Disney realized that the African-Americans were one of its primary audiences and consumers. So you got this princess. Look, she's a frog for more than half of the movie. Her human self is slaving away to achieve a dream when her white counterpart can just simply ask her father, then boom, she gets it. I remember watching a YouTube video by a young African-American woman by the name of Hart, and she stated how she felt a reluctance to highlight a black princess by Disney. I can look to that so Raven or the Proud family, but they feed into the stereotype that the dad must be crazed for success at the expense of his family at times, that you need to play into the ratchet or magical realms to be entertaining. Trudy! What are you yelling about now? Trudy! So what does that say to children watching Disney? That you need to play a stereotypical character to be authentic within your culture? 
And let's just admit, that's not just for the black community. Right. Disney usually starts off with the right intentions, but then somewhere between the script and the big screen, those good intentions can go way off track. In Pocahontas, Disney initially tried to follow the trend of many 1990s films that showed sympathy towards Native Americans. For example, you have The Last of the Mohicans and Dances with Wolves. And it did so using a number of problematic tropes and stereotypes. I think John Smith is a great example of a white savior, not just within Disney, who saves the supposedly helpless tribe against the evil white people. This makes it seem like indigenous peoples need a white person to save them because they're weak and incapable of doing it themselves inherently, which is an extremely harmful narrative to be spreading, especially to children. A study by media studies professor Amy Aidman called Disney's Pocahontas Conversations with Native American and Euro-American Girls interviewed white girls, Native Americans who live in urban environments, and Native American girls living on reservations, all about Pocahontas. And unsurprisingly, the indigenous girls found the film disturbing and unrelatable, while white girls seemed to care less about representation of a whole people. Indigenous children are being taught that their culture is a commodity and that they need white people to survive. It's horrible, especially when you consider how impressionable young children are. I noticed the same thing with Aladdin, where Disney's attempts at a positive message go off track and are undercut by negative associations. Looking at the data, Aladdin's poverty reads as somewhat problematic. In her 2022 article, Princes and Paupers, Jane E. Sharkoff, a professor at Brigham Young University, points out that, quote, there was a significant difference in depictions of social economic status groups by race. White characters were more than often high socioeconomic status, while other racial groups were more often low or mid socioeconomic status, ending the quote. So while Disney likely did not intend to create Aladdin with the intention of furthering stereotypes, they could have been a little more mindful of the subliminal messages of their film. On the other hand, Disney isn't all bad, which we have to acknowledge. Disney seems to be hearing from its mistakes and getting better over time. Let It Shine comes like a breath of fresh air representing hip-hop and the church, and better yet, they did it in an authentic way. Yes, it's a white director, but it's a predominantly black casting. Tyler Williams, the lead actor, has an appreciation for rap as an outlet of creativity. They took someone from the outside who really loves it and brought him into this movie. That resistance of hip-hop, the homely heritage of the church, these aspects are exemplified. It's a comparison to films like Aladdin or Pocahontas that we can be like, okay, wait, Disney might have done its thing here with the representation. Slay. <laughs> we love to see it. Okay, so if we have to sum up our films in terms of cultural representation in one sentence, what is that sentence? Well, I mean, I don't think we can get into the complexities and nuances of such complicated topics and just- Girl, run. go! Aladdin <laughs> <laughs> promotes stereotypes and would have benefited from some first-hand insight to portray Middle Eastern culture more authentically. Uh, Pocahontas definitely had a negative effect on indigenous communities due to its problematic depictions of Native Americans. Let it shine gave a new light to what it means to be black. Heavy on the to, to be young, black, and gifted, as said by Nina Simone. Now that we've talked about cultural representation, let's talk about economics. There's a lack of mobility in Aladdin. In the 2019 remake, the genie tells Aladdin to keep living the life. He seems to believe that poverty is an unchangeable part of who you are, like height or hair color. I mean, my hair color changed. Wait, does this mean I'm solving income immobility? Did I just fix the wealth gap? <laughs> I mean, I hope so, because economics plays a role in all of our films. Economic structures wasn't pivotal to my film, but it easily played into stereotypes that were seen in it. For starters, 
my guy's name is bling like you know shiny grills diamond chains yes that bling and not to our surprise he uses this idea of money to seek superiority to our underdog cyrus i'm not going to spoil the movie but that ride to the airport will show you why we don't bring up money regardless this plays into every stereotype of how society depicts rappers so it becomes money as a label once again tyler williams says it all very surface in a way you hear a lot about what i have what you do not have types of things. And I always felt that, especially with hip hop and rap, but it is so close to poetry in a way it is written. That's what he said. But yes, it's not explicitly like Aladdin, but it's interesting how Disney loves a good money scheme. I mean, my film did not particularly focus on economic structures either, but we do see themes regarding the evil of greed, which is personified in the caricature of all colonists, General Ratcliffe. There's even an entire song about how much the colonists love gold. And it's mine, mine, mine. To an audience, especially one made almost entirely of children, what does this association of villains with money and material possessions say? Does this cause children to have an unnecessary awareness of others' greed? And do they see those with money as evil, like General Ratcliffe? But is greed always bad? Why is it that the good characters are never seen changing social classes by using hard work? Aladdin tends to vilify socioeconomic ascension. Characters are punished for their attempts to break the status quo, and their desire for wealth and power is seen as a character flaw. When Disney turns the ambitious characters into villains, what messages does that send the kids? Hard work and ambition is for evil people? I think we need to ask ourselves, was Jafar greedy and evil, or was he industrious and resourceful? Um, but like, didn't Jafar kidnap Princess Jasmine and force her into marriage, though? I mean, so he's a romantic. <laughs> Anywho, um, <laughs> and realizing the way Disney has tackled issues of parents in our society, it begs the question, how children's media stands as an outlet for social commentary. When we look at it from this perspective, how have Disney films grown as a reflection of society, if they even have? talking a lot about the dark side of disney but a lot of bad also means there's a potential for a lot of good let's talk about development in terms of cultural and wealth representation as the oldest film this podcast features aladdin demonstrates that disney still has a long ways to go the filmmakers didn't consider the voices they were representing when they made aladdin and the authenticity really suffered for it a lot audiences go into aladdin expecting to be transported into a whole new world and they do because Aladdin doesn't accurately represent any real place. I will say that Pocahontas served as a learning experience for Disney in a way and future depictions of indigenous peoples are so much better. For example, Lilo and Stitch and Moana are much more inclusive and devoid of the stereotypes of Pocahontas. Lilo and Stitch even has a, albeit cut scene, of white tourists making Lilo an attraction of sorts. Oh look! A real native! Isn't that cute? which is followed by Lilo pretending she can control the ocean to make a tsunami come, and she scares off the Taurus. Moana also has messages criticizing colonization and outside influences on indigenous peoples, and in a video essay criticizing and analyzing Pocahontas, film analyst Lindsay Ellis explains that Moana is almost a redo of Pocahontas, but without the problematic themes. In both movies, you have a daughter of a chief who is really connected to water and is about to take her place as a leader, but she's drawn away from her role by an outside force. She eventually ends up in the middle of a war between her people and said outside force and eventually saves the day. See, you really can't tell which one is Pocahontas and which one is Moana. 
tea. I didn't realize how similar those movies were for real. Yeah, I didn't either. The difference is that Moana takes out the stereotypes, fetishization, and harmful themes and creates a blend of indigenous cultures with the help of many indigenous voices that Disney actually listened to, unlike when they did Pocahontas. Is Disney perfect in their depictions? No, but I think they have removed a lot of the aspects of their films that have negatively impacted indigenous communities. I feel like building off from the positive and negatives of y'all's films allows me to say that there was some growth in Disney's representation. Like, according to the King Street Chronicle, a source that has a team dedicated to film, we have had 7 out of 11 of the main Disney princesses that are white, as seen in analytical articles, which psychological sources like Seeing White said this promoted a sense of white supremacy, this being overwhelmingly white characters, several with either blonde or blue eyes when their hair is not blonde. It's the way our three films represent those princesses, and we literally only use three films. They're limited. That's definitely a lack of culture. But look, let's be real. Production is driven by American views, and a large part of middle-class America views blackness to equate ghettoness, in my opinion. So when you see a film that appreciates aspects that are historically criticized, it's like, wow, this is new. It could have been savages. It could have been economically centered. Yes, it has a degree of stereotypes, but it lets black art and black joy illuminate, which is why I appreciate it, Let It Shine. We go from... So you see, the church, we can be forgiving, but even our patience can get thin. You see, you can't walk with the devil on Monday and then with the Lord on Sunday. Yeah, see, you, you, you can't dance like a vixen and then ask God to do the fixing. Two. So open up your heart and let your life breathe. Oh, and I feel like I'm glowing. And I like where I'm going. Tonight, I'm sure. Right, like, that's home, that's heritage, that is resistance in its simplest form on screen, drastically varying from the whitewashed versions of history that are cultural beacons. I mean, those studying Black history as seen in the book African Americans in film, Issues of Race in Hollywood, have even alluded that Black sitcoms are not Black, and that they exhibit an African American worldview or Black philosophy of life. Rather, they are Black because the performers are Black. So this is a big change. Okay, so here we go again, y'all. And this time, please, three, two, one. In one sentence. Why is this growth needed to happen? And why is this woke culture that we now exist in so important? And if you can define your film after analyzing the good and bad in regard to Disney in one word, what would it be? Well, again, I really don't think we can get into the complexities and nuances of such complicated topics. Didn't I already say, girl, please, go, go, go. <laughs> okay, um, Aladdin shows how much we still have left to learn about other cultures in terms of stereotypes and wealth and to be mindful of how we present them. My word is reflection. So Pocahontas represents the pinnacle of Disney's past errors when depicting Native American cultures, but it has done some good in showing how Disney can learn and grow from its prior mistakes and representation to benefit indigenous communities. And your word would be? Stepping stone. Oh, okay! Hello! <laughs> And I think in regards to my community, it comes down to the fact that there are more Trayvon Martins and Say My Names than there are Obamas. And yes, everyone can't be president, but it's important to see that you can amount to more than just a label or a statistic, whether that's through music, politics, education, or the church. So my word is power. Well, while we can go on for hours, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for watching. And if you want more, subscribe to Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust for the culture. If you want to learn more about the issues we discussed today, you can check out our sources and further discussion topics that are linked in the navigation bar of our website.
Bye. Adios. See you again next time. Can you paint with all the colors of the whole new world?